Welcome back to Unbossed. We are so glad you are here today. Let me tell you what we got in store. Elon Musk bought Twitter and is unleashing hell. No surprise there. Charlie Kirk opened his mouth and spoke, unfortunately. An exciting interview with the president of One Fair Wage. Can't wait to get there, but right now, I have one of TYT's very own Rebel HQ contributor, Ben Glee. Ben, how you doing, baby? I am good, Senator. How are you? I am wonderful. So glad to have you here today. And I understand you got something exciting coming up, a stand-up comedy show. I do indeed. I got my I got my second hour special. We just actually dropped it on YouTube. It's called The Mad King. You can see the info right there. It's on YouTube. It, I think it's the best thing I've ever done. And I uh, touch on a lot of the things that have been capturing the nation's zeitgeist recently. But it comes from an angle that not a lot of comedians come from. I come from morals and kindness with my jokes. And I still make you laugh. So you get both. You don't have to tweak the way you look at the world to laugh at my jokes. Hopefully it fits right in your worldview. So I hope people check it out and share it and leave comments and all that stuff. I hope they check it out too, Ben. I will. Morals and laughter at the same time? Believe it. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait to see this. Please, <laughs> let's join Ben in his new standup. Oh, I sigh deeply. You all know when I start to sigh deeply, this is not a good start. So Elon <laughs> Musk new Twitter. I want you to watch this. N-word usage jumped by 500% since Elon Musk took control of Twitter. And I'm not surprised, and you shouldn't be either. Because for real, for a lot of folks out there screaming they want free speech, what they truly want is the freedom to call you the N-word and not face any type of repercussions at all. There it is. The use of the N-word has increased by 500% since this man has taken over. And I totally agree, a lot of people want the freedom to not only use the N word, but to do all kinds of foolishness and mayhem on Twitter without having to be accountable. And many of these folks are cowards because they wouldn't dare say these things in people's faces. But this is what happens when you have someone like Elon Musk take over. Hate speech just overflowing like milk and honey. In addition to the insane rising of the use of the N-word, there is also anti-trans and anti-LGTBQ language popping up all over the place at rapid rates. Take a look at this. Anonymous trolling accounts ran tests on Twitter's modern policies by calling for the denaming of transgender people and the use of offensive terms like groomer, like groomer. Stop the Deal Coalition, there are groups out there who are fighting really hard to draw our attention to this. Groups were drawing our attention to this even before the transaction took place. But we do have groups that include Accountable Tech, Global Project Against Hate and Extremism, and Public Citizen. They all predicted that this would happen if Elon Musk was allowed to purchase Twitter. Elon Musk plans for Twitter will make it an even more hate-filled cesspool, leading to irreparable real-world harm. Yeah, and I totally agree with that. Musk insisted he was buying Twitter, however, to bolster free speech. The only thing he is bolstering is hate speech. Take a look at this headline. Elon Musk, new owner of Twitter, tweets unfounded anti-LGBTQ conspiracy theories about Paul Pelosi's attack. 
he did that. And so folks are just all up on Twitter following the unleader, cuz that's what he is. And as a reminder, cuz we need to remind Elon Musk of something. There are certain things that free speech does not protect. And here they are, it's not protected by the First Amendment. Incitement, fighting words, obscenity, and defamation. None of those things are protected by the First Amendment. It's not a surprise when you have a wannabe dictator running Twitter that all of this madness is happening. Not surprising at all. Elon Musk oust Twitter board, name, soul, director. Here we go. Must inner circle work through the weekend to cement Twitter's layoff plans. So not only did this man let the board go, he is laying off countless numbers of workers at Twitter. This is what you get when you get somebody like him taking over. Meanwhile, Fox said during Musk initial negotiations, they said this, watch. This is literally about saving civilization because right now in America, democracy is not really truly democracy when one side of the table is completely censored. It's a high stakes, uh, big business, but at stake is free speech. I mean, can you imagine if you went on a platform and you just saw conservative thought and liberal thought at the same time, no one protecting us from someone's point of view? You just said it's, it's, not, it's not worth it. It's a, it's a left-wing echo chamber. By the way, it's great to see the minions at Twitter freaking out. There's a lot of reports of employees there very concerned <laughs> about their the safe place. space. They're, you all, have fi to they're all fired. You have to change the corporate culture. Ben, can you imagine? Elon Musk being responsible for saving democracy, for saving free speech. But this is how the folks over at Fox see it. No, that's, that's understating it, Senator. Saving civilization. He's definitely going to do that by unleashing racists to feel more empowered to be extra racist. It is unreal what the opinion of these broadcasters are, these right wing nut jobs for lack of a better word that act with complete false equivalency and speak as though there is some sort of banning of conservative thought that is just an outright lie conservatives are all over twitter people pretty far right are all over twitter and have never been banned i have a subgroup and i don't know if we can say the full word of what it's titled on my Twitter, where I follow every day the posts of dumb AS, and then another one of those letters, Republicans that are posting all day, every day, ignorant, stupid things. That is not banned on Twitter. What's banned is hate speech. What's banned is dangerous disinformation meant to put people or groups of people at risk, to put a target on their backs, to increase the amount of hate that all that does is put people at danger through misguided, uninformed, irresponsible people that are just there to throw firebombs into the public discourse. That is all that has been banned from it. And it is a complete lie when Elon Musk says he's doing this to make it a fair and open public square. That's what it is, just taking out those horrible actors I just mentioned does not make that worse. And he's already is realizing it to some degree because already realizing that advertisers are gonna flee in droves as soon as he doesn't moderate any sort of speech immediately says there'll be no changes until we have a, a content moderation council put in place. Don't worry, we're, we're, we're gonna figure it out. Oh, You mean kind of like it is now, you idiot? You see this guy 
did not want to run Twitter, it doesn't seem, like his other very successful companies, Tesla and SpaceX, which are serious endeavors to him. He's a troll in his personal time and wanted the ability to be chief troll. I mean, he changed his own Twitter bio to chief twit. Yeah. And that's what his own goal is, be he a twit. He wanted to be king of the trolls. Yeah, he wanted to be king of the, king uh, of the total of the twit. Troll. That's and, what he and, wants. And it's funny, Ben, that, that Fox is talking about the suppression of free speech. I, I want to know if you remember this. But it's also scary right, because right. I shouldn't be numb to your racist right, comments. Right, right. I shouldn't yeah. be numb to your behavior. I'm numb to this commentary like, must they run their mouths like that? Oh, and LeBron and Kevin, you're great players, but no one voted for you. Millions elected Trump to be their coach. So keep the political commentary to yourself, or as someone once said, shut up and dribble. Laura Ingram. Ingram, just shut up and dribble. I guess Fox doesn't remember that. Ooh, God, it's so painful when I see that clip. It's, first of all, their lack of self-awareness over and over again is unreal. She's literally on a show as an unelected human sharing her political opinions, showing a clip of another show of unelected people saying, how dare you share opinions? You're not elected, come back to my unelected opinions. Right. And then to take it further and repeat the incendiary and insane shut up and dribble. Which is something I talk about in my special too, about all these protests that, that, that came from LeBron defending Kaepernick during the anthem protests. And what Fox News does so well, as, as does so much of the right wing media in this country, they remove the actual issue and we never get to debate the actual issue. Never was even 10 minutes on the news, let alone Fox talked about what the protests during the anthem were about. Police brutality, equal justice under the law, equal treatment for all communities. And it instead became, should he be allowed to protest? One step removed from the actual issue. Then LeBron chimes in, of course he should be. Now it should be LeBron, should LeBron be allowed to, to comment about Kaepernick, whether he's allowed to take a knee. And they just pull it as far as possible from actually discussing the oppressive ways that this country does its business. It's disgusting. Well, they only agree with dissent if it's their dissent, not other folks dissent. That's how it right. goes. Right, which also it's not dissent in their eyes. You're not agreeing with dissent if you agree with it. Right, that's exactly <laughs> right. And then how about this? You know, the far right really does know how to play victim when they can't be openly racist. I want you to take a look at this. I think the term racist, Chris, has become a label that is too often deployed by the left Democrats in this country simply to try to silence and punish and suppress people they disagree with, speech that they don't want to hear. Well, you know, I am going to go out on a limb, Ben, and say I do disagree with hate speech. I do disagree with the use of the N word. I do disagree with transphobia and homophobia and all of the. I do disagree with speech that incites and could get people hurt because there are folks who are wired to this kind of language that will act out violently. So, oh, yeah, we are going to stand up and say that we are against that kind of speech. But it's the kind of free speech right wingers like to hear. How about this? I mean, you put your kids on a school bus, you expect 
You expect safety, but in Obama's America, the white kids now get beat up with the black kids cheering. Yeah, right on, right on, right on, right on. So, with an A on the end. Well, I think I can now. Isn't that the point? Because it's not racist. Rush Limbaugh, thank you for your decades of tireless devotion to our country. See, for these folks, they don't get it. That word, the N-word, was created by white races to dehumanize black folks. That's why that word was created. And the fact that in the 21st century, we have somebody like Musk who is creating an environment for folks who are still racist or racist adjacent to use that word really should be unacceptable for everybody. White folks don't get to use that word and let black people have a family meeting about how they use the word or how we use the word. But don't you jump into that. We know the history behind that word then and they get, they know it. Blacks were beaten, they were raped, they were dehumanized, degraded. All of the horrible conditions by which that word was used. And somebody like Rush Limbaugh and others, I know he's you know dead now, got the pure unadulterated gall to try to be the dictators of speech that doesn't align with what they have to say. And the man said, Ben, he said, I guess I can start using it now. Has no understanding of the historic underpinnings of the use of that word, none. 100%, 100%. I mean, you see in Rush Limbaugh's very phrasing there, how eager he is to be able to, he was to be able to use that word. He goes, I I think I can say it now, almost like he's chomping at the bit to be able to say it. and. These people in positions of power and privilege do not realize that when they say something for entertainment value, they pretend to think on their on their right wing platforms. Or when Stephen Miller, the fact that anybody has Stephen Miller on a show as an arbiter of what should be hate speech or not, a, a, a white supremacist, neo-Nazi, horrible human being sitting there and saying what should and should not be interpreted as hate speech. They think they can say something on the air and just, light a torch under somebody and just say something and see what happens. Because when people don't have that same level of privilege and don't go back to their ivory tower, it sets off a fire to those who are even less educated, are less aware of what they're doing. So to me, there is no more racist adjacent. If you are adjacent to racism, you are racist. racist. You're just a coward racist who's kind of saying it or letting others do it. If you don't condemn Horrible hate speech and racism, you are that. You're just a cowardly version of it. You're right about that, Ben. Absolutely right. There are really real world consequences behind what Elon Musk is allowing to happen on Twitter. And for example, I want people to look at this data quickly, Ben, as we before we move on to our next story. And we see that the bias motivation categories for victims of single bias incidents in 2020, victims of hate crime incidences, over 8,000 single bias incidents involved over 11,000 victims. And in 211 incidents, a total of 346 victims were targeted because of more than one bias. We gotta be able to check our biases at the door and not promote those biases, not promote the base instincts of human beings. But here we have it, 
Elon Musk stoking the flames of those base urges. We got to continue to push back on this. You got to join us in pushing back on this. Oh, Ben, I got something your favorite person in all the world, Charlie Kirk. Oh, <laughs> Charlie, listen to this. Why is the Republican Party, why is the conservative movement to blame for gay schizophrenic nudists that are hemp jewelry makers breaking into somebody's home or maybe not breaking into somebody's home? Why are we to blame for that exactly? And why is he still in jail? Why has he not been bailed out? By the way, if some, if some amazing patriot out there in San Francisco or the Bay Area wants to really be a midterm hero, someone should go and bail this guy out. I bet his bail's like 30 or 40,000 bucks. Bail him out and then go ask him some questions. This man is ridiculous. Let's put up his, his tweet, because Ben, I want you to jump in here right away. This historic event will likely be one of the largest, and most consequential in American history. The team at Trump Students and Turning Point Action are honored to help make this happen, sending 80 plus buses full of patriots to DC to fight for this president. So it's just, it's just a buildup to what this man stands for. So now he's telling his followers to go and help to bail out the man that attacked Paul Pelosi in his home with a hammer. And then we see the tweet that is part of what he stands for, the the continued rallying cry for President Trump, who definitely incited what happened in this country on January the 6th. Ben? Yeah, and Charlie Kirk did too. I mean, that tweet was what I part of what I called him out on during my debate was which was mostly about abortion rights. And at the end of the debate, I called him out on his sending 80 buses of college students to DC on Jan 6 and and basically sponsoring the insurrection attempt on our on our government. And I got him to storm out of his own show. He left me alone on his own set. You can see there a clip of the infamous dolphin fetus clip where I embarrassed him. And then the rest of the debate, you can see the whole thing on my YouTube again and again and again, I embarrassed him. Why? Sure, I was researched, but more so because it's easy. When you are an idiot that is just trolling people and disingenuously pretending like you don't understand what it is that you are doing, you're easy to defeat. We just need to keep up the fight and sharpen our attacks to stop the dangerous attack to these people in that clip about Paul Pelosi. They keep doing this, they keep taking advantage of the malleable brains of their followers that we already make clear why they're responsible. This person was a QAnon adherent, this person was believing lies about our political leaders and about our government and then broke into the to, to the house, tried to find Nancy Pelosi, was gonna kneecap her so that she'd be wheelchaired into Congress so everybody else sees there are consequences for their lies. And by lies, they mean the truth that they are have been misled to believe are lies. And then Charlie Kirk goes, why are we to blame for that? As though someone just said a riddle no one can solve because you incite it. Because you allow the lies, because you deny the election, because you pretend there's fraud, because you pretend these Democrats are up to things that they are simply not up to because they can't debate the merits. They cannot debate the merits of the issues. So they change the topic and diffuse and deflect and make it seem like we're crazy by just trying to hold them to account. It's disgusting and that kind of speech 
making it seem like this person should be bailed out just to ask questions. Yeah, and his face shrinks more and more. It's mind numbing, and I'm glad that you forced him off of his own set. Proud moment for me. Proud moment. I just want to put up just really quickly. He's asking people to go bail out this guy, but that's not gonna happen anytime soon. Let's look at the charges. What David DePepe is being charged with attempted homicide, assault with a deadly weapon, aggravated battery with serious bodily injury, threatening a public official or family member, elder abuse and burglary. He could be facing a maximum of 50 years in prison for that attack. So Charlie, no, he will not be bailed out anytime soon. Ben, we coming right back. Welcome back to the show, my favorite part. Let's see what the viewers have to say. We have Tall Glass says, I will not miss Twitter, not one lotta. <laughs> I hear you, I guess Tall Glass Ben is predicting that Twitter is gonna lose a whole bunch of folks. And on Twitch, Eat the Rich says, in solidarity, Nina and Ben, in solidarity. Thank you so much, solidarity back to you too, Eat the Rich. Don't eat them without seasoning now. <laughs> them up real good. I've been watching Dahmer's. Oh, they don't mean it's literally. Yeah, they don't mean. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't take that then. But yeah, they don't mean that literally. We got to state that. State the obvious. <laughs> I do want you to remember, Brittany Griner is still in prison in Russia. Every single day, we remind you of that here on Unbossed. Please support her family. Please support organizations that are supporting her family. And if you use social media, the family is asking that we hashtag WeRBG. That is hashtag WeRBG. We're sending our prayers and our thoughts to all of the Griner family and to the people and organizations who are continuing to fight to free her. And don't forget, TYT is doing this part to help our sisters and brothers and family and friends in Jackson, Mississippi. And you can join us. We can't do this without you. So go to tyt.com slash relief. That is tyt.com slash relief. Let's keep helping our family in Jackson, Mississippi. So millions are rationing their insulin. One million Americans are doing that right now as we speak. You heard me right. One million Americans, one million Americans. People in this hegemonic nation are rationing their insulin. And the story should make you wanna holler, make you wanna scream. Well past Halloween, we should take to the streets demanding that this is not the case in this hegemonic nation. It is an absolute failure on the part of the United States of America. So in 2021, 1.3 million Americans rationed their insulin due to the high cost of the drug. A study by the Harvard Medical School found the following. And to put this into perspective, that's 1.3 million people. That's about 16.5, we could round that up, 17% of the US population with diabetes in America. We're not talking about an undeveloped nation. We're talking about a developed nation, an industrialized nation known as the United States of America. 17, almost 17% people rationing their insulin, people who have diabetes. The study also found that insulin rationing was most commonly reported by those without health insurance 
and individuals under the age of 65 not eligible for Medicare. Black insulin users were more likely to report rationing insulin at 23.2%. So reported most often by people without health insurance, no surprise there. And not only are we dealing with people who don't have health insurance, we're also dealing with people who are underinsured, who still might not be able to afford it. So they do have insurance, but they don't have enough of it to cover the cost. And you saw the stat, over 23% of black folks with insulin, with diabetes, excuse me, are rationing. So there is a race dynamic to this as well. Ben, your thoughts? I mean, this again is the, biggest stain on our nation, it's a disgrace that in what's supposed to be the richest and as people still try to claim best nation in the world to not be able to take care of the basic health care needs of your people. It proves the exact opposite. It is insane that we can't get that figured out. When it used to be like $19 a vial just a handful of years ago, I have it in my notes here, like 1999, it was $21 a vial and has jumped in 2019 to $332 a vial, where in most other industrialized nations, it still is hovering around 19 or 20 or $21. That is a crime against humanity and it's against our own people. And somehow we always have money to subsidize wars. We always Come have on. money to send towards foreign wars and towards killing and bombing and Say supporting that. the military industrial complex. And we do not have money to take care of the health needs and people literally are dying. It's not a joke. Anecdotes abound, evidence abound of people, young people having to ration their insulin, causing them to die, to lose their lives because we have a greedy Congress that cannot apportion their money correctly. And sadly, we have a lot of corporate Democrats standing in the way of that because we had for the last two years enough votes to pass anything we wanted to. But we have Manchin and Cinema and many others that are more beholden to or a handful of others more beholden to the pharmaceutical industry and to the powers that be. And so that's why November 8th, our midterm elections or voting in advance is so crucial because I know we lose faith. I know we think we keep saying it's the most important election and nothing changes. It's because we're not getting the size of majorities that we need. If we get just two at least, but probably more like five Democratic senators more in office and, and keep control of the House, we will pass these things to make this change. There's the Stop Insulin Inflation Act now, or the exact title of it is um, the Affordable Insulin Now Act to cap it at $35. That will pass if we get just a handful more Democratic senators in there to be able to have more to outweigh even the anti-American Democratic senators standing in the way of saving American lives. It's easy to do, and while our system is bad and while we should be protesting this, our biggest and most urgent protest is November 8th. We still have a vote. We might not long after these midterms, depending how many election deniers get put in there and dismantle our democracy further. But this is our chance to save our democracy and save American lives at the same time. It seems like a win-win and the choice is easy. Well, it is our chance. This is the most important election. Just like next year, you're gonna hear me say the same thing. I know politicians say that every time because every single election is important. And Ben, as you laid out, we are really fighting against neo-fascism. 
which is much more dangerous in the short term than neoliberalism. We will deal with both of these lesser of two evils, but we must deal with neo-fascism. And that is what is speeding our way. Got to get out there to vote. Voting is the last part of this, which you got to get out there and then we're going to continue to fight. And the point also been that you made about these Republican like Democrats. So this can't be just about electing any kind of Democrat because Democrats do have the majority. They asked for that majority in 2020 and then realized that they needed more of a majority. But the bottom line is they asked for the majority and they got it. And they got members in their own caucus that will not stand up and do the right thing. And those folks must be dealt with as well. You mentioned also the fact that there are some real life consequences for people having to ration their insulin. This is not a game, this really is life or death. So we're gonna put this up, insulin rationing, any person who is doing it, is living a painful, horrible, non-productive life. Just imagine if someone was asking you to take one breath per minute and that's all you're allowed because you can't afford the $100 that you would have to fork out if you were allowed to have oxygen for the next 59 minutes. That's insulin rationing. You're withholding a vital hormone for life. Angela laying that out, she lives with diabetes. And again, I wanna thank Michael from The Guardian for writing this story. And she lays that out in a way that we can all imagine. You were told one breath and that's it. Unless you got $100 to get the other 59 minutes. That is what it's like not having your insulin. And the instant, the very instant that I cannot afford insulin, death is literally staring me in the face and I would die within 24 hours. Again, Angela has, she lives with type one diabetes and she is sharing her story. Here's another horrible situation too, we wanna draw to your attention. So Janelle, who lives in Iowa, she lost her 32 year old son, Jesse, a type one diabetic after he started rationing his insulin because he lost his job and with it his health insurance and died in early 2018 from diabetic acidosis. Yeah, and he younger, younger person. So this happens no matter what age you are. If you do not have the ability to have your insulin, you are really playing with your life. And you don't wanna play with your life. The people who have diabetes, they're not trying to play with their lives. This is happening because of the greed of the pharmaceutical industry. This is happening because we allow healthcare to be commodified in the United States of America. It is that way and it doesn't have to be that way. Let's remind folks of how much insulin costs in other nations, shall we? Yeah, we shall. Let's go on back down this lane. We've been here many, many times. So in the United States, it is almost $100 chili. $21 and some change, Mexico, $16 and some change, Japan, $14.40, Switzerland, a little over $12, Canada, $12, Germany, $11, Korea, $10, Luxembourg, $10 and some change. And let me go back to Korea, $10 and some change. And Italy, $10 and very little change. About one in 10 Americans have diabetes. We cannot allow this to persist. And that is why we need to elect folks who actually give a damn about the people that they are supposed to serve. This is criminal and it is also deadly. We can't play around with this. Ben, I'm exhausted by just even 
you know, thinking about that. But we, we're gonna keep talking about this story. We talk yeah. about it often and it, it's all about universal health care in this country. And it's also about not allowing the greed of the pharmaceutical industry to literally kill people in this country. And the third point is also about politicians answering to their owner donors, which is and why we are in this situation. Yeah, I'm so glad that we did finally get universal health care in this country for those who can afford it. That's it. That's it. And and those elected officials we were talking about in Congress, they got the best health insurance our tax dollars can buy. That's just a great that's such a good example, Senator, because it's just so obvious that the one law we should pass real quick is every single thing that the American people have to deal with is what the people in Congress should have to deal with. It should be they're straight up on the Affordable Care Act. They don't get special health care. Let them live because people don't make a change until they live the way we live. Otherwise, they see it as something expendable. Our lives literally expendable to well, these literally. people. Literally, I mean, it's happening. It's been happening for far too long. There have been many efforts to 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 get universal health care in this country, and because of the bad type of politics, it has not happened yet. But, but also, also, Senator, also maybe just quickly in defense of these people in Congress that won't pass these things. Let me just say, I'm sure a lot of Americans are patriots out there, and they would be willing to sacrifice breathing to line our Congress people's pockets more. I, I think that a lot of people would be like, I don't need to breathe. You guys get richer. I'm happy for you. Go buy another boat. Senator Manchin, go do your yeah. thing. I'll hold my breath till you're back. That's till a fair compromise. Right. Till you're back. <laughs> oh my God. So Riker, uh, Riker's prison death. So at Rikers, there's a lot of death going on. Unfortunately, because the people in charge are not taking care of their business and treating the people in their care like human beings. So the squalor at Rikers Island is deplorable and the consequences of what is happening at Rikers could be deadly. I want you to take a look at these two tweets. Today, and I want to thank Tatrow for getting this out there. Today, Rikers Island claimed its 18th victim this year, the death toll in the NYC jails at its highest since 2013. People are not just dying on Rikers Island. The jail is killing them through a combination of mismanagement, racism, and horrid conditions. It's a hellhole. And so the photos that you see in the in courtesy of the NYC Board of Corrections, you can see the squalor, you can see the filth, you can see what people are living in. So filthy floors sullied with rotten food, maggots, urine, feces, and blood, plastic sheets, for blankets, cardboard boxes for beds, and bags that substitute for toilet. What Rikers looks like at a cost to the taxpayers of $1.2 billion a year. And this really disturbed me so much. And you know, looking at the photos reminded me, and I know that you know they're not just only African American people at Rikers. But it reminded me so much, this description reminded me so much of the bowels of the slave ships. Where slaves were side by, enslaved people were side by side. They could not turn to the left or to the right. And defecation everywhere and the stench everywhere. And to see those pictures, although there's not any comparison to what it was like for enslaved 
Africans and then their descendants. But just like a snippet of that then made me think, wow, this is certainly a 21st century version of that in many ways. You're absolutely right that it is. And it is straight up modern day slavery in two big ways. One, because it's disproportionate who is persecuted and prosecuted for crimes oftentimes that were not even committed. But even when they are committed, it still is a completely racially unjust system when people who are in communities that cannot afford better lawyers end up in places like this and those that can afford it do not. That means that we are living in a stratified unjust system. And then reason two is because a lot of people are sent to Rikers when they are awaiting trial. They're sent That's into right. a literal hellhole when they have not been convicted of a damn thing. And they don't sit there for a day or a week. They can't afford bail. And so they sit there sometimes for six months, a year, and sometimes longer. And these people die. A friend of mine, Eliza Orleans, is a public defender in New York and so often her clients and so many others get sent to Rikers because the system is unjust and does not value the lives of black and brown people. It does not value the lives of the people who are economically disadvantaged in this country. And they cannot afford the top tier representation that can and get them off on technicalities that have and, and, ben, and Ben, just to a point that you just made, I want us to put up this the, the data point about where the United States ranks in terms of imprisonment and the point that you made about most of the men and women held at Rikers Island are there for pretrial. Meaning they haven't been convicted of anything. Like we, I just want that to marinate for folks. I want them to understand that they have not been convicted of anything and they're only awaiting hearing on the disposition of their cases. And some have lived at Rikers for years. Recently, both the population and the average length of the state and city jails have increased nearly 30%. So let that marinate with that. And then the next slide that we want to show you is that America, again, ranks number one on the stuff that is not edifying. The number one in, in the world for imprisoning folks. It makes absolutely no sense. So again, the injustices in the legal system cannot continue to stand. We we got oh Lord Ben, we got a whole lot of fighting to do, and they got me calling on Jesus a whole lot. Uh, the <laughs> Fed chair wants to increase rates, uh, increase interest rates. I know we just kind of jumped into the next one, but that is what is happening. Federal Reserve is at it again, and Reserve Chair Jerome Powell wants to come for your hard-earned money. He's proposing hikes in the interest rates yet again. So here's what's happening. The Federal Reserve is expected to increase interest rates again by about 0.75% or 75 percentage points at its meeting on Tuesday and Wednesday. Doing so would put even more strain on workers and reduce consumer confidence just days before Americans head to the polls and potentially help Powell's GOP colleagues win back control of the Congress. I want to, so the Fed has already increased or hiked the interest rates already. There's something wrong with a system that needs to hike the rates and try to drive down wages to correct itself. That doesn't seem like a very fair system to me. But the Fed has 
repeatedly increase interest rates to constrict wages. Therefore, supposedly helping to ease inflation, but that relief hasn't happened largely because of corporate greed and price gouging. Let's see what Dr. Robert Reich, former labor secretary, had to say about this situation. The truth about inflation is getting covered up by countless myths spewed by corporations and their political lackeys. Here are the facts. Fact number one, inflation is not being driven by wage increases. Although wages have been rising, they've been rising more slowly than prices. Hourly wages grew by 5% in the past year, but prices rose 8.6%. This means when you adjust for inflation, workers actually got a 3.5% pay cut over the past year. Our former labor secretary is laying it down. Uh, ben, just in our final few moments, please weigh in on this. And I want the team to put up the tweet by Dr. Robert Rice while you give your remarks about this situation. Robert Reich's uh, videos are always so informative. I recommend following him on YouTube, he's got great ones. But this is the, the key is that yet again, the workers are expendable in this country, the workers can always apparently bear the brunt. The ones who already can't afford the life that is being set up and enabled by our leaders are expected to take the brunt of it. And they can't do, it can't take any other measures. How about put on some price controls during a hard time, during coming out of a pandemic when we're funding a war in Ukraine? How about, how about we say you can't price gouge, you can't be moving towards record profits and upping and upping and upping your profit margins when people suffer. No, instead, it's all political, even all the way to the Fed and gonna manipulate our rates. In a th- it's been proven yet again, like you said, to not Doesn't be work. anything. And yeah. all it does is hurt workers and, it, and if it pushes more Republicans in office, we are in big trouble, not because of even political reasons, because of the instability they bring to the entire system of this country that's already hanging on by a thread. We need to come out to those polls and make sure we can counterbalance. If we come out in record numbers, if young people come out in record numbers, we have two to one over older people in this country. Younger people can take control of this country next week if you go vote and hope we can counterbalance all of these bad forces and then kick these people out of office and make a more and more progressive Congress that hopefully can start changing some of these issues because we're losing the battle right now. Yeah, we need it. I mean, this is vitally important. Ben, you're absolutely right. We need people to get out the vote. And then after they vote, they gotta get to work. We cannot accept things as they are. And when you do vote, that vote is transactional. Those people you put in office owe you something. They owe you something, your your family, your community, and this nation. Mm -hmm. These folks gotta get some get right. And they're not gonna get it unless we make a demand. Ben, it was so wonderful to have you on Unboss today. I cannot wait to have you back. Thank you so much. Please, you all don't forget to check out Ben's comedy show on YouTube. You don't wanna miss it. Love, compassion, and laughter with morality mixed in. Baby, that's a brew we don't want to miss. <laughs> we'll be right back after this. Welcome back on to our viewer comments. We have TYT member Urban Hermit says, economists have us 
except except that giving banks a raise and hammering everyone else is the answer. I totally agree with that. They kind of got folks brainwashed on that. And on Twitch, two men says, this was not what the creator of insulin wanted. That's what they sold. That's why they sold the patent for a dollar. No, they did not want this at all. And on YouTube Super Chat, Manuel says, Nina telling the truth. I love it. Spread the word. Your word is like fire. Nina Turner. I heard that, baby. I, I receive it. I receive that, Manuel. Thank you so much. So excited about this next interview that we have with Saru Jaraman. And Saru is the president of One Fair Wage. She is out there doing the daggone thing on behalf of workers of this nation. She's not only the president of One Fair Wage, but she's the director of Food Labor Research Center at UC Berkeley. She co-founded the Restaurant Opportunity Center, which grew into a national movement of restaurant workers, employers, and consumers. She was listed in CNN's top 10 visionary women. Yes, she was. She's an attorney, an activist, an author, and her books, One Fair Wage, Ending Subminimal Pay in America, Forked, A New Standard for American Dining, and Behind the Kitchen Door. Saru, it is such a pleasure to have you on the show with us today. How are you doing? Sorry, I'm mute. <laughs> I'm really good. Thank you for having me. Uh, thanks for having me. It's really great to be with you. So, so tell us a little bit about One Fair Wage. We are an organization of 280,000 restaurant and service workers, uh, also 2,500 restaurant owners. I'm actually sitting in a restaurant right now, uh, and uh, several thousand consumers all working together to raise wages both in the restaurant and service sector and across the country uh, and to improve sustainability in the service sector. And our big fight uh, forever has been to end the subminimum wage for tipped workers, which is a direct legacy of slavery and a source of poverty and sexual harassment for a workforce that's mostly women. And Saru, our connection. Our connection is a little shaky. I want people to be able to hear everything that you have to say. Now you were talking about the tip workers and that whole notion of tip workers being linked to slavery, a vestige of slavery. And how much do tip workers make currently in the United States for the most part? It's still just $2.13 an hour. That's the current federal minimum wage for tip workers. Uh, but 43 states persist with this legacy of slavery. And in four out of five states, the wage is $5 or less. So $2 is the absolute bottom. But most states, even blue states, Senator, have wages of two, three, four, five dollars an hour. Your great state of Ohio is still just $4. And people depend on those tips. And so and I want 65 to- cents an hour. And you've got yeah. a population. Yeah, I mean, people, I mean, I don't think a lot of folks when they go out to eat, if they're blessed enough to be able to go out to eat, that they understand how hard those workers are working and they're making very little for that very 
a labor intensive work that they're doing. So we need to be kinder and we need to make sure that we can tip. And that goes hand in hand with increasing the minimum wage because oftentimes we need people to be able to have disposable income to be able to go to a restaurant, not just to buy the food, but to also be able to go to the restaurant and be able to tip. All of these things go hand in hand. So Saru, there is something amazing happening in Ohio. Let's play this video real quick of these two celebrities who have joined on to help One Fair Wage. Restaurant workers all over the country are rightly refusing to work for less than the minimum wage. Tipped restaurant workers in Ohio only earn $4.65 an hour. This is our moment to get $15 minimum wage on the ballot in November 2024. We need to collect over 400,000 signatures from registered Ohio voters. Come to Ohio and help collect signatures during the state's three election days. Join hundreds of volunteers from Ohio and across the country who are excited to get Ohio workers the raise they deserve. Come to Ohio to help collect those signatures so we can get this on the ballot and let the people of the great state of Ohio weigh in on increasing the minimum wage. And we're doing that right now, Saru, right here in my great state. I'm so glad that the team One Fair Wage is here. I'm so happy that you're doing what you're doing. And we're gonna have you back on so that you can continue to update us. I am thrilled to be a part of this effort and of this movement. We're gonna do this all over the country. So glad that we're starting it right here in Ohio with collecting the signatures anyway, because we're doing it all over the country, but this is an opportunity to collect those signatures. So if people wanna help and participate, where, where should they go? You can just send us an email info, info at onefairwage.com, onefairwage.org. It all goes to the same place. And send us an email and say you're going to join us in Ohio to volunteer on Election Day or even after Election Day. Come to Ohio anytime and help us collect these signatures because we're trying to get on the 2024 ballot to raise the minimum wage to $15 an hour. There you have it. Well, Saru, we will definitely have you back. And thank you so much for the work that you and the team do at One Fair Wage to increase the wages so that our sisters and brothers and family and friends can have a living wage. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Yeah, we appreciate you. So our backbone today, you know, I've been talking about the jawbone. Many of you are familiar with the wishbone, the jawbone and the backbone. I talk about my grandmother saying all over the country. And today we're gonna highlight Bree Newsom Bass. And she certainly is a modern day freedom fighter. Many of you may recall that in June of 2015, she scaled a 30 foot flagpole in front of the South Carolina State House and removed the Confederate flag. She was arrested, but emerged from that as a shero and sparked an entire movement. Her courage and her sacrifice sparked a movement. And while reflecting on why she actually scaled that flagpole, she said the following, I removed the flag. Not only in defiance of those who enslaved my ancestors, but in defiance of the oppression and the oppression that continues against black people globally. That's what she said. She did that.
there. Yes, those three bones and Bree certainly personifies those. I remember meeting her and her husband as I was passing through the airport on one of my many national travels and having a brief conversation. And after that conversation thinking to myself, that was her. Yes, that was absolutely her. And today's focus comes from this quote that Bree has. Don't make idols of human beings. The code of celebrity is a big part of why we're in the mess we're in as a society. Because we worship images of fame and fortune, often in the absence of substance. I'm not saying don't be a fan or don't have a hero. I'm saying don't worship human beings. Amen, Bree Newsom Bass on that. Do not worship human beings. No one that walks the face of this earth is above reproach. No one is perfect. And especially in the political world, we definitely tend to idolize and prop people up and make it seem as though they cannot be critiqued or criticized. So I, Bree, thank you for that reminder. We can have heroes and sheroes, but we don't have to worship anybody. All people are just regular folks who are fallible. They can make mistakes. Thank you so much, Bree, for reminding us that there can be and should be champions in each and every one of us. And we all have the ability and the know the ability and the responsibility to stand up and fight back. You know what I want you to do? I definitely want you to keep the faith. And also with that faith, have a little fight until tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Unbossed. If you like the show, then you'll enjoy our other podcasts on TYT Network like The Damage Report with John Iderola, Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ritchie, and The Young Turks. Make sure to listen and follow, and if you like what you hear, give us a five-star rating.